Thank you, Pastor Riggin. Praise the Lord, everybody. I think he's about ready to preach again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's pretty fired up tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. So um, you get one more slow night, and then he'll get you going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies. Hallelujah. God has been mighty good to us. Amen. I, I, I'm telling the pastor a couple of days ago that we, uh, my wife and I got married November of 1971, took a little honeymoon and preached our first revival in Colorado Springs. Amen. Brother Garvin Tidrick was the pastor there then and, um, and then launched out 10 years. We were on the road evangelizing. And then in 1981, we settled in Scottsdale and started the church there, Landmark Pentecostal Church. And, uh, but I had a longing in my heart. Even back in those days, I thought maybe God will give me the chance to get on the road again because I had enjoyed that experience. And uh, so I told my son as we were approaching that time, when I'm about 60 and you're whatever he was, 30, uh, I, I said, I'm going to turn this thing over to you and we're going to head out again. And I think I was maybe 61 by the time I actually uh, pulled out of there. But in uh, 2010, we got back on the road again and we have enjoyed it, and God's given us the strength, amen, to do it, and so we thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, we have enjoyed this time here, and it was uh, actually quite a coincidence, I guess we could call it, that I ended up here because we did not have this scheduled, and, and, and I also didn't have admit conference scheduled, but it broke loose where we could uh, come down to admit in Tulsa, and that's where your pastor asked me to come, and I was able to uh, uh, clear some things out of the way and and uh, come here, amen. And I appreciate getting to know you folks and to be with Brother and Sister Riggins. As we've said, uh, we've known them for quite a few years, but never really been uh, closely associated with them. So it's been great to be here and to get acquainted with all of you. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's also great tonight to be with Brother Mullins, and uh, uh, he remembers that we have met before in Canada, I guess, and uh, I have a son that pastors in Canada, and uh, so uh, we're just glad to be a part of what God is doing here tonight. We're going to start tonight with uh, Sister Denae singing uh, a song that uh, came to us just as an idea, a guy in a church in Arizona that had an idea for a song, but he wasn't a songwriter or musician our singer, and uh, so he brought it to us, and we passed it to her, and uh, she wrote what I believe is a very beautiful song. Uh, it's called The Only One with Scars, and the thought was that one day all of our scars will be removed. Amen. They, they will be erased. Hallelujah. But Jesus is going to keep his scars so that he will be identified. Amen. Those nail-scarred hands. Hallelujah. The Only One with Scars.
Jesus. Amen. I announced at Heritage that Janae wrote this next song we're going to sing, but actually I guess if she wrote this, she'd have to be over 100 years old, as it's an old one. But she did write the verses to it that we sing, so old-time religion. Worship the Lord with us and sing along. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated before I preach. Denise is going to sing a song that goes along with what I want to preach tonight. Amen. And uh, I want to uh, preach tonight about evolution. And um, the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And uh, certainly in our country, the foundation is being destroyed. And it also affects in our churches and among our young people. And sometimes it's not just the young. Amen. It's an amazing thing what has happened, even in the religious world, concerning evolution. And I'll talk about that tonight. But this song is a simple song. It's a foundational song. It says, there is a God. Try and put your arms around a hundred-year-old tree. Climb up on a horse and let him run full speed. Or take a look down at the world from 30,000 feet on your next flight. Watch a flock of birds against the morning sun. Or close your eyes and listen to the river run. Catch a firefly in your hand or a raindrop on your tongue. That's right. There is a God. Hallelujah.
glad that I know that tonight. He's been a good God in my life. Amen. I found him when I was just a little boy. Amen. And he has been real in my heart and life. I've never seen anything in this world that I would want to trade for Jesus. Amen. He is a good God. Let's stand together tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from the book of Exodus, chapter 20 and verse 11. And I want to say we appreciate everything that's been done for us while we're here. Amen. I appreciate my good wife. I was thinking about uh, her playing just now for Danae. And, uh, first time I ever saw my wife, I was 15 and she was 11. She wasn't my wife then. She was 11 years old and playing the Hammond organ for the Bible College Choir in Stockton at a youth convention. And that's, I was up in the balcony, and it's the first time I ever laid eyes on her. And it took a while for us to uh, maneuver together, but uh, I ended up going to Bible College in, the, in her hometown, which was Stockton, California. And uh, I stole their organ player. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's been... Almost 43 years now, God has been good to us. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, so we appreciate uh, being here and, and all the food that has been uh, brought and, and cooked for us and uh, be, being entertained and all of those things. It's been a very pleasant time, and we appreciate it very much. And thank you, Brother Riggins, for everything. Amen. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11, just one verse, but I want you to understand, if you look at this in your Bible, you will see it. The context is very important here. This is right in the middle of the giving of the Ten Commandments. So the Lord positioned this passage of Scripture in a very important place. And it says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it hallelujah for in six days amen the Lord made heaven earth sea and all that in them is hallelujah then turning over to the New Testament let's go to first Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20 and 21 first Timothy 620. Hallelujah. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. Amen. There is a science that is not true science. And, and, and all science people and science teachers know that for science to be true, it has to be provable, repeatable, testable. Amen. And evolution is none of that. They've had 160 years to bring out the evidence for evolution, and they haven't put together one concrete piece of evidence for evolution. Just a lot of bones here and there, but, but no, no real proof of one species turning into another species. Amen. 
But so many people, as the scripture says, which some professing this false science have erred concerning the faith. There are people losing their souls and young people going off to college and losing their faith. Amen. Because, you know, 200 years ago, there was no evolution. 200 years ago, the Bible was the answer to your questions about where we came from. But now the devil has provided in these last days, I believe, his biggest lie. Amen. And so many are losing out as a result of it. And so I call this message tonight, Monkey Business. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about monkey business tonight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's put your Bibles down. Let's worship the Lord one more time before we're seated. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you will have your way. I pray that you will speak to our hearts, that your word will be meaningful, understandable tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, speak to our hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. I heard a, a pastor friend of mine, Brother Leon Frost in Bakersfield, California, I heard him preaching actually in Las Vegas at the uh, anniversary service there. And he preached a message entitled, The Fools Are Talking. The Fools Are Talking. Amen. In Psalm 14 and 1, it says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. You want to be a fool? Let that become your doctrine. Amen. The fool that said, There is no God. I'm telling you, like this, this simple song that Sister Danae just said, if, if, if you don't know what to believe, all you got to do is just look around. Look around. Amen. Just, just look amen around and you will know there has to be a god amen for this kind of a world to be there has to be a god but the fool has said in his heart there is no god but the wisest man who ever lived on this earth the natural man solomon wrote in 12 and 1 of ecclesiastes remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth Amen. Remember now, thou creator, the eternal God created the heavens, the earth, and the earth to be inhabited. And we'll probably go on spending billions of dollars looking for life on other planets. But the Bible says about the earth that God created this earth to be inhabited. There's no other uh, body out there. There's no other planet out there that has the, 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 uh, the consistency and has the, the, the makeup like the earth does that sustains life. And so we just spend our money and we find the howling winds and, and the blowing dust of Mars and on and on it goes. Amen. But God made this earth to be inhabited. And not only that, he made people with a purpose. It's no wonder that so many young people are destroying themselves today. Amen. Because their purpose has been stripped away from them. They are told that they came from monkeys. That there is no real purpose for our existence. And there is nothing going to happen when we die. Amen. And so it's no wonder that young people sometimes lose hope. 
amen, and they, they, they don't care what happens to them, and they don't care if they commit suicide because they are told that it doesn't make any difference anyway. But I'm here tonight to preach to you and tell you there is a God who loves you, a God who made you in his own image. Hallelujah. In the likeness of God made he them, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Amen. And he made you for an eternal purpose. Satan's always rebelled against God since that first time that he fell. He started out as a beautiful angel, the anointed cherub of God. His name was Lucifer, the son of the morning, a very beautiful creature. The Bible says that uh, he uh, walked among the stones of fire. Amen. He, he had precious stones, uh, amen, covering him and, and pipes or music, amen, coming forth from him. And he was perfect in wisdom and beauty until iniquity was found in him, until he became dissatisfied with his positioning and wanted to usurp the authority of God and take over the throne of God. And you can watch Satan's path that's forever downward. He came from heaven, amen, we see him showing up in Eden. He was cast down into the atmosphere. And in Revelation 12 and 7, he is cast down to the earth and then becomes the embodying spirit within the Antichrist. And then after that time, he is bound for a thousand years and cast into a bottomless pit. And then released for just a short season and then cast into the lake of fire. That's the story of the devil. When he tries to remind you of your past, somebody says, remind him of his future. Amen. Because he's just going down, down, down. But presently, he is a powerful force and a real force in this world. The Bible calls him in Ephesians 2 and 2, the prince of the power of the air. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, it says that Satan is the god of this world. He is a controlling force in this old world. Amen. Amen. But he is on his way down. Hallelujah. He is the serpent to beguile you. My dad used to tell this little story about a very cold day, and this man was walking by, and he heard this little voice, and it was a, a little snake. And the little snake was saying, Sir, I'm so cold. Would you pick me up and, and, and carry me in your coat so that I can get warm? He said, I can't do that. You're a snake. He said, But, oh, sir, I'm going to die out here. And, and finally, he whined enough. He convinced the man to pick him up, put him in his coat, and he warmed up, and then he bit him. And the man said, Hey, what are you doing? I was nice and picked you up. He said, you knew I was a snake. And he's a lion, the Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is looking for opportunity to destroy. Amen. He destroys with lust. Amen. Such a powerful thing in this world today. Amen. If you can keep yourself from the impurity of lust in this world, you, you will have done yourself a great favor. Amen. Because Satan destroys with lust, with pride. Amen. Men's hearts lifted up in pride. Amen. And, and music is such a powerful thing. We've got to guard our music. Music leads so many people astray. Make sure that your music glorifies God. Amen. The words and the music must glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. The movie industry, amen, is a thriving industry, always coming out with new inventions, but always a beguiling force of leading you toward the world. Hallelujah. Amen. But we don't want the world. We want Jesus. We want to get out of here. Hallelujah. 
Well, I ought to get better response than that. Hallelujah. We want to get out of here. Amen. We want to be ready to meet the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The devil tempts as he did with Eve. He accuses as he did with Job. And he confuses as he did with the Trinitarian dogma that has brought huge confusion to the religious world. I'm reading a book right now that's just absolutely profound in its beauty, writing about Jesus Christ. And yet, every once in a while, the man has to throw in something about his blessed trinity. And in one place he said that, uh, that something about the trinity like Jesus said it was, like as if Jesus had claimed to be a part of the trinity. I haven't found that in the Bible yet. Amen. But it's a confusing doctrine. Amen. And the devil goes to church, you know. One of the things he said, I will do. He said, I will go to the sides of the north. He was talking about Mount Zion. He was talking about going to church. I'm going to go there to confuse. And thank God for this wonderful truth that we have. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Lord. Hallelujah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And that Lord is not divided up into different persons. Amen. But just one God. And that one God, amen, came to redeem us. Hallelujah. And now Satan has come up with his biggest lie. He needed a subtle idea, theory, to remove God from our midst. An idea that schools would promote. He's been pretty successful. And churches would be swayed, and he's been pretty successful. And even apostolics confused, and he's done very well with that also. So he was looking for an accomplice in this big lie that he would propose to the world, and he found a young Englishman by the name of Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin was the son of a medical doctor, and he went off to medical school himself, but didn't do well and flunked out dropped out of medical school. His parents were embarrassed, and so trying to redeem the family name, they sent him off to Bible college to Cambridge University in England. And there he got his only degree that Charles Darwin ever had was in theology. And yet, he was not seeking after God as much as he was backsliding in those days. He had naturalist friends that were putting their ideas into his head. And they told him about an opportunity to go on a five-year voyage down under, down in the lower parts of the earth on the HMS Beagle. And so for five years, Charles Darwin traveled with this, this ship, and he studied plants and animals and marine life and, and all of that, and he wrote down his ideas and collected specimens. At the same time, he was reading a, a dangerous book by Charles Lyles, that proposed that maybe the earth is not like the Bible says, just a young earth, but maybe the earth is very, very old, so old that you couldn't put a number on it, maybe even into billions of years old. And as those thoughts were being put in his mind, Darwin then was thinking of ideas of how maybe life came to be, and he began to put those things together. Ken Ham, who is a great proponent of creationism, says that the real problem is the old earth theory, that evolution is just a symptom of someone 
turning away from the Word of God and believing what the Word says and believing in some old, old earth. Amen. That is, all they're doing is making space and room for them to try to convince you of this lie. Did you hear what I said? That, that's what all this billions of years thing is all about. It gives them room to make up whatever they want to make up in the meantime in, in all of these billions of years. Amen. When the Word of God makes it very plain about the earth and its creation. Amen. So he was reading this and traveling and, and, and then in about 1830 he had actually put all of his stuff together for his book The Origin of Species. But he held it for 20 years because he was afraid of the reaction of the public. But in 1850, because he heard someone else was going to a publisher with similar ideas, Charles Darwin took his stuff to press and came out with a book called The Origin of Species and the Survival of the Favored Races. The book is totally racist totally racist. It sponsors all kinds of things that are against society and against the Word of God. Amen. Believing in, the, you know, in the, the, the different levels of men and all of that, that some people are, are more primitive and, and on and on it goes. And, and uh, it actually sponsors racism and riot and all of that. And, and I don't know if Darwin, some, some have told stories about him recanting. He was buried in Westminster Abbey. And I don't know if Charles Darwin uh, recanted and backed away from his ideas or if the church just went toward him. But he was buried in Westminster Abbey. And it's a sad day in America when prayer is out of the schools and the Bible is out of the schools. The Ten Commandments are being evicted from public places and evolution is in. And God is dismissed. And I feel like this is so important that I wanted to come here on this last Sunday night and, and preach this to you. I want you to understand, I want you kids to understand when, when, you, when you are in the public arena, if you're in public school, or even if you're not, amen, this world is full of this false idea, this false science that's not testable or provable, amen. They say that, you know, that life started with, with a, what they call spontaneous generation, that the conditions were just right this one time, and suddenly a, a, a cell sprang into life. They said, now you can't repeat that. You can't test that because it, it can't happen again. But it, it was just, everything was just right that one time. That's not science. That's not testable. That's not repeatable. Amen. That's false science, as the Bible says in the text that I read to you today. And in evolution, it, it sponsors racism, riot, bigotry, homosexuality, godlessness, steals faith, steals purpose, steals destiny. No wonder, as I've already said, that our youth are disoriented, that they're doing all kinds of things to themselves and to their bodies that are hurtful and damaging, and they don't know the difference. Gothic and skulls and vampires and drink and drugs and suicide are becoming so commonplace among young people. It's no wonder if you just came from a monkey, if you just came from nothing and you're going nowhere, why not do those things? But I'm here to appeal to you tonight that there is a God who loves you, who made you just like he wanted you to be so that you would serve him and spend eternity 
with him. Hallelujah. That sounds good to me. Praise God. That sounds really good to me. Hallelujah. Praise God. The facts of evolution, as we're told, from the media, TV, books, magazines, schools, colleges, universities, and museums, going to a museum these days, is quite hilarious. I was in one in the Los Angeles area right near Hollywood just back a few months ago, and they had a collection deal there. It said, Save the Stars. I guess the stars are going extinct. I'm telling you, the way these people think, there's something else, you know. They haven't even counted them all yet. How can they figure out they're going extinct? But put your money in. Hallelujah. Amen. This universe, they say, came from a big bang about 15 billion years ago. A big bang. What they never did tell you is where those bodies came from that banged together. You got to have something to bang. Amen. And as the pastor said tonight, God is the only one who can create something out of nothing. Amen. His word framed this world. The worlds were framed by the word of God. God can make something out of nothing. But now they're trying to tell us that there was something out there and it banged together. Can you imagine that? Just, just try to imagine that you got a, a banging of bodies together and you end up with a world like ours. Spinning perfectly on its axis. Traveling at just the right speed, you know, just the right amount of gravity, just the right distance from the sun. If we were any closer to the sun, we'd be burnt up. If we were any further away, we'd freeze to death. All of that happened just by an accidental big bang. That takes more faith than believing in the Bible. Amen. They say the stars came along about 10 billion years ago. And I wonder which scientist it was that was there to record that. The earth they're placing at about 4.7 billion years now. That it's about 4.7 billion years old. And water sprang up, came along about 3.8 billion years ago. Interesting, these dates. 3.8 billion years ago. And early man about a million years ago. And you know, one after the other, they've come up with these missing link, these early man stuff. And one after another, they're debunked. It's, it's like, can't we learn? Amen. They come up with all of these things, and all of these early men, and then they find out it was just a chimpanzee. Or somebody concocted something, put something together to deceive us, and yet they keep on wanting to believe that. That somehow there was, a, you know, uh, uh, th there were steps in between, uh, you know, the ape and the monkey and, uh, and, and coming on in to being a human being. And, and yet they cannot produce any evidence. As I said earlier, 160 years is a long time. And millions and millions of fossils have been dug up during that time with no proof of evolution, of evolving from one species to the other. Amen. Evolution is what the Bible calls false science. You know, one species is supposed to be changing into another. And it is quite amazing what you can do within a species, uh, a kind, as the Bible calls it. Uh, we have a little dog out in our motorhome. If you could qualify him as a dog, he weighs four pounds and four ounces. And he will really tear you up. But... He came from the same source as the wolf comes from. 
I don't know exactly what the original dog looked like, but you can, you can breed all kinds of things. Look at the amazing, the, the, the literally hundreds, if not thousands, of different breeds of dogs that have been brought forth. And they, they you know, keep breeding and honing and, and, you know, getting this particular breed to come out. And then they market it and make a lot of money off of us selling us this particular breed of dog. But no matter how long you breed, you're never going to get a cat. It ain't going to happen. Because God said everything will bring forth after its own kind. Amen. And a dog is a dog is a dog. Whether it be my little poodle or a big wolf in Alaska somewhere. Amen. They're dogs and they're not going to turn into cats. They're not going to turn into some other form of life. You, you can give them a billion years and they still won't do it. Because God made them their own kind. Amen. And the sad thing is that this this what I'm preaching about tonight has been brought into churches and it caused great compromise there. There are four major compromise theories. Number one, some say that there is a gap between Genesis 1 and 1 and 1 and 2. It's called the gap theory. And that in that great space of time between Genesis 1 and uh, in the beginning God created the earth and then when it says that, that the earth was without form and void that there's a big space in there and evolution happened in that time. And the next one is the day-age theory where they say that the days of creation were actually long epochs of time. They weren't actual days. But I gave you a text tonight that's pretty plain. For in six days. And that was right in the midst of God talking about the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. And he said, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. And by the way, on the, 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 the Bible says about those days that the evening and the morning were the first day. Evening and the morning were the second day. Amen. If it's long epochs of time, you wouldn't be talking about evening and morning. Amen. But the Lord did it in six days, the Bible says. Hallelujah. And then the next one is theistic evolution where they say, oh, there's a God, but he just used the process of evolution to bring forth uh, the things of this earth. Amen. And that, of course, goes against the Bible. And the latest one is intelligent design. And the, actually, intelligent design is getting more on the right track. Amen. That is that because there is a, a wonderful design to this earth that there must be a designer. But the problem with those people is that they do not proclaim the God of the Bible as the creator. And so again, you can't follow after that either. Amen. You have to believe the word of God if you want to be right. If you don't want to be in false science. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to, I want to give you a little bit, just a few scriptures here. David said in uh, Psalm 19 and 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. Isaiah said in 42 and 5, Thus saith the, the God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people in it and spirit to those who walk in it. Jeremiah said in 32 and 17, O Lord God, amen, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Amos the prophet said, Amos 4 and 13, For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind 
who declares to man that what his thought is, the Lord God of hosts is his name. Nehemiah said, you alone are the Lord. You have made the heaven, the earth, and the heaven of heavens, and all their hosts, and the earth, and everything on it, the seas, and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. Hallelujah. Amen. Malachi, the last of the prophets in the Old Testament, said, have we not all one father hath not one God created us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hath not one God created us. And as you know, the Bible is filled with so much more testimony of where we came from. I'm glad I know who Jesus is tonight. Hallelujah. I was trying to win a couple to the Lord when I was starting the church in Scottsdale and started a Bible study with them. Uh, exploring God's Word Bible study over a long period of time, and I, I was putting a lot of effort into it, trying to reach them. This man was, was, he was a big catch for me. Uh, he, he was the adult Bible teacher in the Episcopalian church locally there. And I thought I was making headway, and especially one night, beautiful Wednesday night, I believe it was, or midweek night, when his wife, down on the floor, we had a little prayer meeting, and God baptized her with the Holy Ghost on the living room carpet of their home in Scottsdale. And, and I, I thought, we're going to get them, we're going to get them. And then this man brought me his books that was the hang-up. Amen. He was, he was uh, uh, you know, a very a proponent of the Episcopalian Church, which is the same as the Church of England and Europe. Amen. And he brought me that book, and I started reading, and I was astounded. They believed that the book of Genesis is nothing but a myth. It was just a myth concocted by early people trying to explain their existence. And I thought, it's no wonder that I'm not making headway if this man has believed this stuff for so long. And then I read where the Catholic Pope goes along with evolution also, doesn't have a problem with it. And so faith is being stole, stolen away. And then I came across this back just some time ago. A church that's a little closer to home, the Assembly of God, in 1977, put in their bylaws in, under the doctrine of creation that the Bible rules out the evolutionary process was just an absolute thing. There is no place for evolution in the Bible. But they had another general conference in 2010. And out of that conference, they took that out and they put in there that the Bible is not plain in this, this particular matter. There are no precise details given and no distinct timetable throwing the door wide open for evolution. And the compromise just keeps on spreading. I'm telling you, it's dangerous to believe this stuff. You know what Jesus said in John 5 and 46 and 47? He said, for if you had believed Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, if you had believed Moses, then you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? And so for these people to say that they are Christians and they believe in Christ, Jesus said, if you don't believe Moses, if you don't believe the book of Genesis is true, you don't believe me either. You're not going to believe me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting the message tonight? Hallelujah. 
this scripture, Brother uh, Molenpah, who is an apostolic man, an apostolic preacher, and is also a Ph.D. in science, he brought this scripture out in Mark chapter 10, verse 6, where the Bible says that from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And you can take the genealogy of the Word of God and trace it back 6,000 years. And Jesus said, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So, so much for, for that billions of year old earth. Amen. And, and the Assemblies of God said there's no precise detail. Well, I'd say this is pretty precise. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I would say that's pretty detailed. It wasn't just saying God created man, but it says he, he made man from the dust of the ground. And we know that's true because when you die, you go back to dust again. Forgive you enough time. Amen. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, not just another animal, but he became a living soul. Amen. Praise God. And so on and on it goes in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You say there's no precise timetable for the creation. I'd say four in six days is pretty precise. That sounds pretty precise to me. Hallelujah. And he said everything will be made after its own kind. Hallelujah. Sister Abbott, come and help me get out of this. Praise God. One fellow got tired of it. And he said, my ancestors may have swung from a tree, but it wasn't by their tails, it was by their neck. And another guy stood up in the college class and said, can I say something? And the professor said, okay. And he said, first he was a microbe struggling to begin. Then he was a tadpole with his tail tucked in. Then he was a monkey swinging from a tree, and now he's a professor with a Ph.D. <laughs> Enough of this monkey business. Hallelujah. All you got to do is look around, and you will see. Hallelujah. That our great God has created a place for us to be. He made man after his own image. And he had a plan from the very beginning. Amen. Man tends to goof up God's plans, but it's going to come out just like he said. There is going to be a church. There is going to be a people called by his name, a people that are waiting for him when he comes. Hallelujah. One scripture says, one of the prophets said, when he comes, shall he find faith on the earth? The answer is yes. Hallelujah. God is going to have a glorious church. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul said he will present to himself that glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. Enough of this monkey business. You're not a monkey. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Life goes on. We got a precious call just two days ago. My four-year-old grandson received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Roswell, New Mexico in a youth night prayer meeting. Hallelujah. That's what life is all about. That's why we're living. 
Hallelujah. You can have the Holy Ghost. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. You can have Jesus living on the inside and preparing you for the coming of the Lord. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Let's, let's put this up on the screen, brother. Uh, Psalm 8, beginning with verse 1 and going through that little short chapter. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Hallelujah. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands under the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Give me Psalm 40 and verse 25. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 40 and 25. Amen. Through the end of that chapter. To, <clears throat> verse 25. 40 and 25. Excuse me. I, I, I said Psalm. I believe I meant Isaiah. Isaiah 40. And 25. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Roll it on. We're going to go to the end of this chapter. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their hosts by number? He calleth them all by their names, by the greatness of his might, for he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest thou, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. In closing tonight, I want to ask you this. Whose report will you believe? A backslidden young man in England that traveled down under for five years on a boat and studied plant life and animals and came up with a theory of evolution 
Uh, would you rather take it from Genesis, from the man who went up on the mountain and talked face to face with the Creator? And just like the, God revealed the future to the prophets and it came to pass, God revealed the past to Moses and he wrote it down. It's called the book of Genesis. And that's how we know who we are and where we came from and where we're going. Hallelujah. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Amen. Let's praise him tonight because he is our creator. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Sing it. Whose report will you believe? Oh, we will believe the report of the Lord. His report says, Let's come and honor the Lord. Amen. Let's come and put our faith in Him. You believe, we shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says,
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus hallelujah hallelujah I'm glad that number one I know we have a creator I know we're not here by accident we're not here by coincidence we didn't just happen we have a creator and I'm glad I know who that creator is. I'm glad I know his name. I'm glad I know his name. And I'm glad he knows my name. Oh, hallelujah. So many false concepts and false ideas that have been propagated through the ages. And not only in evolution, but as the elder mentioned, so many other things that have sprung from that. And even, even those who believe in a creator, but they call themselves deists, in that they believe that there is a creator, but that once God created the world, he just backed away and took his hands off and left everything to man's devices. I'm glad, I'm glad I know better than that tonight. I know, I know tonight that God is still involved in the affairs of men. And, and listen, God, when God created the earth, when God created the earth, he did it with a plan and you're a part of that plan. God cares about you. He cares about your life. He cares about what you're going through. The Bible says that there's not even one sparrow that falls that God is not aware of it. And when it comes down to us, you know that even the very hairs of our head are numbered which means that for some of us, it's a running tally. It's, it's growing less and less by the day. But God knows, God knows. I'm telling you, God knows. He is that interested in our lives. Now, it's, it's, not, it's not that God really cares so much about how many hairs are on our head. It's that God wants you to know how much he cares for you as a person, as an individual. God is that concerned about you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, and, and, and I've, yeah, I, I, we've talked about this. I talked about it with Elder Abbott a little bit yesterday evening. I love good music. I, I absolutely love good music. I just, I, I wish that I knew more about it. I wish that I knew how to play and all of that. I don't, but, but I love good music. But I'm telling you, sometimes the music I listen to, you can tell that the people who wrote the song 
don't really, they, 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 it's supposed to be a Christian song, but they don't really know much about the Bible, obviously, and some of the things that they put into their lyrics. And, and, and I've, heard them, I've heard them talk about writing songs where uh, it, it, it comes across as though God was surprised at the choice that Eve made and Adam made. God wasn't surprised by that. I'm telling you that God, God knew what was going to happen. And he created this earth knowing the choices man would make and knowing what it was going to cost him to redeem mankind. I've often commented that I am amazed when I go back into uh, the ancient history of the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, all of the gods that they came up with and the gods that man came up with were always angry and had to constantly be satisfied and, and they were constantly looking to destroy and to tear down. And I said this just the other day, but, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be offensive, but please, please don't try to tell me that we're serving the same God the Muslims are serving. We're not. It's not the same God. I've had people say, oh, they just don't, you know, they call him by different. No, no, it's not the same God. Because the God they serve wants them to strap bombs on their back and kill people for him. That's not the God I serve. I'm sorry, the God I serve does not want me killing for him. The God I serve came, took on human flesh, and died for me. That's the God I serve. And he died for you. He shed his blood for you because he cares about what's going on in your life. The apostle said, cast every care on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. The lilies of the field don't add one thing to the kingdom of God. And yet, Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. That's what the Bible says. God cares for the lilies and he cares for the birds. How much more does he care for you? How much more does he care for you? I'm telling you, we serve a great God, a powerful God, a mighty God, he could be vengeful, he could be hateful, he could be spiteful, but instead, God is love. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad I know the Creator. And as the old song says, the great Creator became my Savior. Hallelujah. Oh, what a thought. What a thought. Don't you love him tonight? Don't you love him tonight? Oh, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I do want to take just a moment tonight and say to our guests that have joined us in this service, what an honor, what an honor that you would come and be with us on Sunday night for this service. 
We are so happy you came. I, I am aware that there are many choices you had tonight, and you chose to be here, and, and, and we are appreciative that you made that choice and want you to come back again and again. In fact, we make no bones about it. We really want you to get to the place that you're not a guest here. You're just one of us. Amen. That's, that's really what we're looking for. We're not hiding that fact at all. Praise God. We're glad, so glad that you're here. Also, before, before we go, he doesn't know I'm going to do this, but yeah, you. I want Brother Jared to come. He had the opportunity to travel with me to Africa and be a part of that conference in Kenya. And I just think that it'd be good if we heard a little something from him about the conference. Don't you? It's early. We can take just a moment more, can't we? And, and uh, you know, I, I told him I was, I was 41 the first time I set foot on the continent of Africa. And he got to go at the age of 21. And what a privilege, what, what an opportunity for him. And who knows, God may just call him to be a missionary. Yeah. Oh, yes, we will. Yes, we will. You're right. We will see. Ah, uh, no, I tell you what, I, uh, he was a great blessing to me, and I told, I think it was my wife, I said, you know, Elisha followed Elijah everywhere, pouring water on his hands. That's what the Bible said he did. You know, Jared didn't pour any water on my hands, but he did pour some water in my iron and do some ironing for me while we were gone, and really anything that I've ever asked this young man to do, he's always done it. And he has, he has been the picture of submission to his pastor, and I appreciate that very, very much. I know God's got his hand on Brother Jared, and uh, I was glad he got to go with me. Amen. I want you to come and just tell us a little bit about your experience and what you felt and all of that. Well, I do appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about what I saw and heard. And, amen. Uh, Paul said that he can't talk about anything but what he's seen and heard. And so the opportunity to go down to Africa kind of increased what I can talk about. Those people down there, incredibly powerful worship in those services, um, put a hunger in my heart to see God do some of the same things that I saw there. A man, he didn't receive his healing, but he did come down to the front. And you could see, there's no doubt in his mind that God could do it, but his, his foot, his ankle, I don't know if you, you even saw it, but his ankle was swollen. It's huge. And there's some sort of um, sore on the side of it. And um, he came down there expecting, fully expecting to be healed. Not for whatever reason, God didn't heal him that day, but I believe God is going to heal him. Uh, but there, it's, just, it, it's just an incredible experience going down there and seeing those folks you know, it's an entirely different um, kind of mindset that they have. They have, it's, it's all about God. You know, even the, we, we're in this hotel and none of these people are part of the conference that we're involved with, but they, every single one of them, praise the Lord and, and, and uh, can I get you guys something? We had our rooms, they were apparently on a, a smoking floor and the receptionist, the person there at the front, 
changed our floors because here that we were ministers and we're here for a, a conference. So it's just, I, just those are examples to explain to you guys how minded, God-minded these, these people are. And um, it's an incredible thing that God's doing down in Africa. And I, I appreciate the opportunity, Pastor, to go down there. And I'm looking forward to going back. So... just told me that his mother fell this morning broke her hip and her arm she's 89 years old and uh, I believe we can touch God for her I believe we can touch God for her I know a God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think hallelujah let's Let's stand and take this need to the Lord right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. He is a healer. He is a healer. Praise God. Amen. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Amen. I haven't said much about our trip myself uh, to Africa and won't take the time tonight to go into a lot of detail, but it's always it's always a very humbling thing to go and as Brother Jared said, to see the hunger of those people. You know, my thought as he was mentioning this man with this this um, terrible situation in his ankle, what what struck me about it was it, it was hard for him to walk, it was hard for him to stand. But he was in the house of God. And, and we Americans will let the slightest little ache or pain or problem keep us away. And yet he was struggling in his body, but he was going to be in the house of God. Such, such a hunger, such a hunger. Brother Jared got to meet some of our leaders from Zimbabwe that I've been working with. And they, they were at the...